If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. That photographic memory was gone. I mean, my mind could not process things the same way, but also what left me was that irritability and that ease of being angry. And so after three years of healing and restoring myself, I found, you know, I'm a better person today. Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they want to be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin-Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the Wellness Platform. How are you today? Hey, Wendy, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here so people can learn about your initiative, which is so important in the profession. But why don't we start off by you telling our audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure, sure. So um, let's see, I've been a registered nurse for 32 years. That's a long time. Um, I live in rural Northeast Kansas. And when people ask me how rural, I uh, always say 20 people per square mile. So when you're standing at a Starbucks line, you, you've seen about a mile's worth of people. <laughs> um, I have worked in a variety of settings in nursing uh, in, those, in those three decades, right? Uh, Med surge has always been kind of my jam. I never wanted to be an ER gal or ICU. That really wasn't for me. I'm really good at working a care plan, getting a patient from point A to point B. Um, my first love in nursing, though, is home care and definitely hospice. Um, those are the, the things that I grew to love. And actually, I've been blessed with owning a hospice, launching it on my own, uh, that kind of thing. And so... It's nursing has definitely been a wonderful career, and I now enjoy uh, an entrepreneurial business based out of my home. So love what I get to do. I love the two things you said: business and home. <laughs> so <laughs> like on your own terms, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And talk to us a little bit about how did you transition from home care, hospice, owning your own business to what you're doing now. Well, it's an interesting story. Um, after owning a hospice for about 10 years um, and really growing beyond our wildest dreams, you know, serving more patients than I ever imagined, we started that hospice and I just envisioned, I want a handful of patients to serve myself, you know, to really do a great job for. And the funny thing that happens when you do a good job is that you grow. <laughs> Right. And so anywho, after um, 10 years of working that we ended up with 23 employees, we served about 10 counties. And um, in 2010, right before we sold, 
I crashed and burned from major depression. Just, you know, all of the things I didn't know about self-care. Um, and a few things were rewired in my brain uh, during that time. And, and I really struggled with it in the beginning. But now, you know, I see it as a great gift. So um, I used to be, before experiencing major depression, I was very quick to be angered, easily irritated, um, had kind of a temper that could flare. And I also had kind of a photographic memory, right? I could commit things to memory and things, you know, learning and different things came really easy for me. When I experienced major depression, that photographic memory was gone. I mean, my mind could not process things the same way, but also what left me was that irritability and that ease of being angry. And so after three years of healing and restoring myself, I found, you know, I'm a better person today having gone through that experience. I don't know that there are many people that can say that, but um, I am truly grateful for um, the experience that happened to me. And um, anywho, that leads me to why am I an entrepreneur today? Even though I've fully recovered from major depression and I've done some travel nursing and other type of nursing in traditional settings since my recovery, I can take better care of myself at home, working for myself. And so I choose to do that because if I need a break, I can step outside and take one. I can work with, I've got my two coworkers down here, my dogs. And um, so I work with my dogs. I mean, life is, life is so good. And, um, and today, um, Wendy, my business actually fits in a backpack so I can work from anywhere. And um, so anywho, that's kind of the transition and, and a little bit of what it looks like today. So it's, it's been a wonderful thing. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for sharing your story because uh, you didn't have to share that you went through major depression. And I think to um, highlight a couple of things in your story, you know, what came up for me is the importance of self-awareness, um, mm. really understanding who you are to your core, how you operate in an environment. And more importantly, when things start to shift there for you, being aware of that, like, wait a minute. Right. Something is off. Something mm -hmm. is not right. Um, so understanding when you need to take that pause to pivot and really say, I need to do something different. So I applaud you for having such self-awareness and taking the time that all the time that you needed. Um, yeah. Because as nurses, we don't do that. You know that, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to say, you know, it was my choice to take that time. Mm -hmm. It truly mm -hmm. was not. Um, when I... When I experienced major depression um, at that time, I self-reported to the Board of Nursing mm -hmm. that I was an impaired nurse and I was unable to practice. Mm -hmm. um, and I did that in an effort to, you know, take care of my license and just, you know, to really let them know this is why I'm stepping away. And I think we need to understand that impaired nursing, it takes a lot of forms. It's not necessarily just you know, having an addiction problem to or substance abuse type issue. It's not that mm -hmm. I truly could not think uh, clearly. And so I had to recognize what are my limitations and how depression showed up for me at its worst was if I was feeling overwhelmed or anxious, I could not make a decision. That's mm -hmm. not good patient care. So I could not practice. I could not practice. I knew I couldn't. So, and a lot of people have said to me, you know, wow, I wish I could take three years off. Well, well it wasn't pretty. 
Yeah. (laughs) There was no income coming in. Right. Um, And my husband, I had always been kind of the primary wage earner. So he was earning, but it wasn't, you know, it was a financial strain for sure, but it was something that we both committed to was just getting me through that time, whatever it looked like, you know, for us. And um, so I'm grateful for him as well. But yeah, back in the day, I really worried about who knows that Mm I have depression. I'd been a business owner, owned the hospice, owned an aging care home, managed a foundation in this small local area, right? Where everybody knows everybody. And so I wanted anonymity in my treatment so much that I commuted 90 minutes each way so that nobody would know that I was getting psychiatric care. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, I don't care who knows, because I think it's important for everybody to know what it looks like and um, that it can be anybody. Yes. Anybody. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons I do the work I do. You know, I always talk about this when I'm speaking about, you know, stress can lead to depression, anxiety, insomnia, and so many other physical illnesses, you know? Right. Um, and I don't think people understand the impact that it can have because it's like, oh, we're all stressed. Yes. But once it gets too far, too far mm-hmm. gone, then you can run into trouble mentally and or physically. Right. Um, so so it, it's such a huge thing. And I love your transparency. Um, what would you say to that nurse who may be struggling with, something, whether it's depression, anxiety, and they feel like they have to hide? Mm -hmm. Um, I would say just get the help you need. Um, I would say talk to your nursing manager right away. And and it's one of those things, if you don't get the support you need, go up the chain, Mm -hmm. Go go to HR, find out about your employee assistance program, Look into reasonable accommodation because I did not know about reasonable accommodation and reasonable accommodation can be granted for nurses who are experiencing these types of things, anxiety, depression to a severe degree. And when you need a mental health day, it will not count against you when you have reasonable accommodation. This is a thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about it until after I had had my experience and I was doing some kind of funky little work at home job for Sprint because I I wanted to test the waters before I went back to work. And But even there, I got into that stressful situation. I was still recovering. And I talked to my manager who was probably making 10 or 12 bucks an hour. You know, he was just, um, it was a very low wage earning job, but it gave me a lot of structure and really helped me recover. And anywho, when I talked to him, He said, we need to get you some accommodation. You need reasonable accommodation for this. And I just thought, here of all places, (laughs) this kind of support. Um, But it was a great learning experience. But there are resources and there's help. And um, yeah, I would just encourage people to seek it out. Yeah, so important to know what's available to you um, so you can explore those. And, you know, kind of to the work, you know, we all hear nurses eat their young, which contributes to stress burnout, Mm -hmm. mental health, uh, diagnoses and illnesses. And I want you to talk to me about nurses feed their young. Well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And, you know, I experienced nurses eating their young for the very first time, Wendy, when I was a nursing student. 
I uh, didn't even get to graduate. We were apparently in the way as nursing students. And, and this was back in the day, you know, 33 years ago or so when we could actually do, you know, hands-on care on the unit. And with our instructor, we gave IV bolus injections and we did real, you know, the real care at the bedside that many times isn't available to our nursing students. So we were doing a good portion of the work uh, that happened on the unit, but we were treated very poorly. And that should have been an eye opener to me, but I just thought, eh, you know, par for the course, but little did I know it would repeat itself and raise its ugly head pretty much everywhere I worked, pretty much everywhere I worked. And um, the idea of nurses eating their young, this is all about workplace incivility. Um, Incivility can also take the form of bullying uh, at the extremes, but really that nursing and civility is, is what I've seen the most of in my career. And this is what is on my heart to change with the nurses feed their young movement. I long to see nurses elevate to the professionals that we are and to be able to respect ourselves nurse to nurse um, because for better or for worse, change is happening in healthcare today. Nurses are leaving the bedside rapidly. Our healthcare system is broken. Yes, we know it. And so changes are coming, but nurses will not gather the attention that we want or need with foot stomping and eye rolling. We have to learn <laughs> to step up to the plate as professionals and articulate to legislators, rule makers, leaders in healthcare what our needs are, why we need these things. And um, so that we can step up to the plate as professionals, I think. um, And that involves nurses taking a good hard look at who we are as a Mm -hmm. cultural profession, right? We we have handed this down from generation to generation of nurses. And I feel like we've developed a almost familial type of dysfunction that this is how, you know, when a new nurse is mentored poorly, this is how they learn to mentor the nurse that they get the opportunity to mentor. Uh, it's now my turn to step into those shoes. And this is how we do that in nursing. And we've all heard that term. This is the way we've always done oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> this is the time we need to get rid of that, especially in nursing culture, because, you know, at the end of last year, the statistic was 38% of nurses wanted to leave, had verbally stated they wanted to leave the bedside. That's almost 50%. Mm-hmm. And who will be around you know, 20 years from now when I need some, you know what I mean? When I'm at the age that I'm going to need healthcare um, daily, (laughs) probably. And so we have to, we have to look at this and we have to look at our profession and, and figure out how can we nurture it. And um, so that's what the movement is all about. Yeah, I love I love that movement, um, and I think it's something that healthcare institutions need to adopt. I almost see it as part of like the onboarding process, talking about this phenomenon. And you know, when we have our annual, or I would I don't really like annual modules. I would say even like quarterly or biannual modules, we're talking about this. This becomes part of our language on the on the unit. Um, how do you work with healthcare organizations to help them join this movement? Oh, I love that. Um, you know, the the movement is definitely we. Well, let me start over. We offer organizational training um, 
on nurses feed their young and really learning to communicate with emotional intelligence based on a very simple um, personality assessment put together by Codebreaker Technologies. It's the bank methodology. And, you know, with that methodology, Wendy, we are able to identify the personality code of a nurse in front of us within just 90 seconds. And this is a person, or I'm sorry, a values-based personality assessment. And the interesting thing about that is when we understand what somebody values most, we can communicate with them in an entirely different way. Okay. And everything that we've done so far in healthcare with professional communication is all one size fits all. It's how we do patient education. One size fits all. People learn differently. They value different things. Um, and so when we can come to the table and speak to them in their personality code, it just elevates the level of our communication um, and, and really improves relationship. I love that. And, you know, what I'm thinking is that there are so many great tools and programs like yours, mm-hmm. but healthcare institutions have to prioritize mm-hmm. nurses incivility, and really take the time to implement something like this. Yes. Implement and then continue to make it sustainable. So that's why I like, you know, anytime I'm doing something, uh, you know, in the business, it's like we have to talk about sustainability. And and I, I think to, to your point of, you know, this value-based uh, assessment and this movement it's sustainability that uh, could really just change the trajectory of where we're going in nursing. So I think it's it's a phenomenal movement and uh, people really need to know how to get in contact with you. So what's the best way for them to do that? Oh, I love it. Thank you. Um, the best way to connect with me is just to, uh, well, you can find me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, the Teresa Sanderson, I believe, is my handle on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube as well. Um, my website is teresasanderson.com. You can connect with me there. You'll find information about Nurses Feed Their Young. And um, But I try to make it as easy as possible for people to connect with me. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from any any nurses or healthcare leadership who are interested in improving nursing culture because Wendy, the thing is, new nurses, you know, the, the problem that I see that, that is not being addressed with nursing recruitment and retention is that we're not cleaning the house. You know, before we move into a new apartment or a new home, the first thing we do is go through and wipe it all down, right? We wipe everything clean before we put our precious new things inside it. Nursing culture has never been cleaned up. So nurses are leaving these toxic work environments and we're bringing new nurses to work in that same toxic work environment and expecting them to stay. It's it's a futile effort. It will never work. We've got to clean the house. We need to clean up nursing culture so that we can create that sustainable future for our profession. No, absolutely. And what would you say to a nurse leader who say, oh, yeah, that sounds good. But with the shortage, how do we clean the house? Mm. What I would say is um, it's going to begin with um, training and it's going to begin with, you know, walking 
walking the talk or walking the walk. You know, we have to, we have to, if that nursing leader wants to embrace this philosophy, then a few key conversations mm -hmm. with the nursing team will definitely show them communicating in a different way. Right. And so that we don't have to get rid of everybody. Right. We don't have to get rid of the nurses who've not been able to communicate civilly or professionally. We need to train them in ways to communicate and give them the opportunity to elevate their own emotional intelligence. This is training that should happen in nursing school. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, Nurse, yeah. <laughs> nurses are not prepared for this. We get out and we, you know, when you graduate, you better have your tennis shoes on and be ready to run because that's how nursing is. So if we don't get this kind of training in nursing school, you know, we really are behind the ball from the get go. And so, you know, we need to come at the team members that we have and approach them with great compassion and empathy for where they are, because you know what? They didn't get this training. I didn't know and understand this stuff. And you know what? It's personal. I mean, I'm sorry, it's personality. It's not personal. And that's what we need to understand. People are behaving according to their personality traits and characteristics. We can teach them how to do things differently. Oh, yeah, I love that. And, and to that point, this movement needs to be in schools of nursing. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Schools of nursing, healthcare organizations, you name it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, Teresa, before I let you go, I would love to take you through a rapid fire, but I would love to give you an opportunity to um, say some last words to our audience before we go into the rapid fire. Okay. Well, I would love to just um, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity to be here and chat a little bit about uh, my journey in nursing and the nurses feed their young movement for any nurse who is or nursing leader who is feeling dissatisfied, who is feeling stressed in their role and unable to communicate well with their team, unable to get buy in or lead with influence. Connect with me. I want to talk to you. I want to share with you some tools and strategies that are easily duplicatable. I'm not blowing smoke here. I've been a nursing leader for a long time. And um, this is a manageable system that can be used and immediately impact your communication with your team and decrease your stress in your role. Okay, that said, I want every nurse out there to realize that by nature of licensure, you are a leader. Okay, so if you're listening to this and wanting to elevate your own communication game, decrease your own stress at work so that you don't end up with, with burnout and depression like I did, then this is a great strategy and something to put in your toolkit so that you can be ready for a sustainable future in your own career. I want to talk to you too. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, let's get into our rapid fire. Tell All me right. the thing that comes to your mind to answer the question or finish the statement. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Wellness means? <sighs> Wellness means being at peace and content with what you have and being able to move around and enjoy life. Oh, I love that. I know I'm stressed when? I know I'm stressed when I cannot make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> My go-to stress management solution is? Mm. Pausing, really just taking a break, yeah. I love that. What is one thing you learned about yourself during the pandemic? 
I learned during the pandemic, I think more gratitude than ever before. We live in a very rural setting and I was very grateful that we were where we were. And I love that. What does influential nursing mean to you? Influential nursing means being able to pave the way for a better future for our profession. Good. And if you had one wish for nursing, what would it be? That nurses would see themselves as the professionals they are and own their own value. Ooh, I love that. And my last question, if you have a, what's your message to a new and upcoming nurse who's entering our profession right now? What would your message be to that person? First of all, take your lunch break. Take, you know, be sure and carve out those 30 minutes. It is not a badge of honor not to take your lunch break through your shift. Leave the unit when you do it so that you can really rest for 30 minutes. Um, and that being said, learn stress management techniques and plan them in. Um, own your time, manage your calendar like a CEO and plan wonderful things for your off days. Plan experiences with your family, go places, do things that are fun and enriching and fulfilling to you rather than just taking those days off and saying, oh, so, I'm so tired from working. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Own your time. And I think nursing can be sustainable. We just need to do it differently. Yes, I love that. Well, <laughs> Teresa, thank you so much. I think if you're listening to this, please go back to your School of Nursing and Warrior Healthcare Organization and just mention nurses feed their young and see what the reaction is. So thank you so much, Teresa. And we'll definitely have to have you back. Thank you, Wendy. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Before you go, I would love to share a free stress management resource with you. Go to stressblueprint.com and download your free copy of the three questions to ask when you are stressed. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.